welcome to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. I am David Lindsay, co-founder, lead educator, and speaker at Phenom Leap Education. At Phenom Leap Education, we believe people have so much more inside of them than they realize. And through our services, we help them become the best versions of themselves possible. Beyond the individual, we also believe that company culture is such a large part in creating a business that not only survives, but will thrive through the tough times as we have all been through the last few years. So over the next 20 to 30 minutes, we'll be shining a spotlight on businesses that have achieved this and how you may be able to incorporate some of their ideas and philosophies into your business. Stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can become a guest on a future podcast. Now is the time to sit back, take down some notes and enjoy this episode of the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. In today's podcast, we have a fellow Aussie, CEO and founder of Evolve to Grow, Tristan Wright. Tristan, you have a very interesting story about how you came about Evolve to Grow. Would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about that and a little bit about yourself as well? Of course I can. So firstly, thank you very much for having me. It's uh, nice to be talking to another Aussie on a podcast interview, (laughs) as we're both saying before we often speak to to Americans, nothing against you guys, Americans, but um, sometimes it's nice to talk to other Aussies on a podcast. have that home blood. (laughs) That's it. So um, I'll I'll go back a few years. I ran a a sportswear business, a cycling clothing business. I, I set that up when I was just out of uni, I'd been working for a couple of years uh, and I wasn't necessarily enjoying working my day job. So I thought, what opportunities are there going around? And a bunch of friends of mine wanted some cycling clothing uniforms. So I said, yeah, sure, I'm going to go and organize them. <laughs> and there was nothing, nothing available that I thought was good quality, good pricing, good customer service. Mm-hmm. So, all right, cool. I'm going to go and do my research and find some suppliers over in China. I did that, got the uniforms, we put them all on, and the shorts were see-through. <laughs> Not what you want when you're on the road with your bum no. up in the air. Exactly. So the first first batch was a disaster. Everything was see-through. So we, we rode down main down the street and everyone could see our ass cracks. So didn't didn't quite didn't quite work. Got them remade and everything and learned a valuable lesson. But off the back of that, I realized that there was a gap in the market for a good quality product, good, a good price point with good customer service. No one else was at the time manufacturing cycling clothing, off, custom cycling clothing offshore. Mm-hmm. So uh, from the kitchen table, I started contacting all cycling clubs and, and different, different people that wanted uniforms and slowly built up this business. And all of a sudden I was doing 300 grand whilst I was still running a day job. So that. uh, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so kept on growing it, went full time on it, built it up to a seven figure business. And this was all in my, my mid twenties. And mm. I had really no real hurdles getting to that point. I was like, I don't need any external support, any external advice. I, I got <laughs> arrogant. I got cocky. I was, yeah. I, uh, I had a t- Yeah. As you do when you don't, when you you haven't had any any hiccups or any hurdles, you think you're bulletproof. Mm. Uh, and then, within a period of six months, 
the Aussie dollar tanked against the US dollar. This was important because I was purchasing in US dollars. Mm. So all of a sudden I lost 20, 25% profit margin and because just based off the currency exchange. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of my profit eaten up mm. and probably would have been able to deal with that. Uh, cause I would, if at a very similar time, my wife didn't come to me and say, Hey, Tristan, our marriage is over. So, <laughs> so good old one, two. Yep. 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 So, uh, got the one, two all within about a six month period. Mm. And so two major light, two major events happening. I had no idea how to deal with them. So what do I do? Stick my head in the sand as you do yep so and it's like oh shit 200 grand in debt that's not fun mm. so 200 grand in debt and marriage over so i couldn't save the marriage that was just what it is what it is mm. but six months later nine months later i was like well i can either close the business down and go back to a day job and and take forever to pay that that debt off mm. or i can get over myself get over my ego get over my arrogance realize that i i don't know everything go and get some external advice and external support and talk to other business owners yeah and get them to help me rebuild the business so i took did the ladder and mm. we rebuilt the business put in got it back to seven figures and eventually my sales manager came to me and said hey tristan i want to buy the business from you so ended up going full circle and selling the business happy so, days in that that really is what oh that that's an insane turnaround because mm. one of the things that really stuck in my head is like like you said early days there were no hurdles so when you don't have no hurdles for a long period of time and you're doing quite successful once you hit that first one it's like a massive punch in the face you just don't know what to do so like, like you said, reaching out, what was really the turning point where you thought about, okay, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I should go external. It was like, good. that's a really good question. Like, it wasn't actually a trigger point, but it was me not wanting to rock up to work, not what, wanting to go mm. into the office, run the business and me not enjoying it and yeah. realizing that my back was against the wall that and that i didn't want to be in that position or that situation anymore so yeah. and it, and then me actually being able to do some self-reflection and realize that i had been successful previously and there's no reason why i couldn't be successful again yeah. uh, and thinking back actually it was back to juniors and sporting and realized that when I was playing footy or cricket or, or running that I actually had people teaching me how to play yeah. cricket and how to play footy. It's so, the right technique. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, why don't we apply this to business? Yeah, and I, I love that because all of the listeners know as well that my background really comes from sports and that's where I bring so many things across to the business world because mm -hmm. they, they really do run parallel to each other. and. Along with that, there's something that you've said that really I loved you saying that you weren't a natural born leader because a lot of people believe oh, that person's there because they were born gifted, they were born lucky, they were born into a good family. 
you openly admit that you weren't born a great leader. What was it that got you to the point of being not just a great leader, but being able to teach leaders to become good leaders? I think it was, A, me willing to put myself out there with, with people that were working for me or working around me mm. and communicating with them and, and being transparent and saying, hey, I don't know what I'm doing necessarily, but mm. I know what I want to achieve and I know what we want to achieve. So be patient with me and yeah. let's go on this journey together. And then then refining that and distilling that over time, it, it comes down to the fact that I've got a journey that I want to go on, on. There's something that I want to achieve and mm. I know the benefits for me. What are the benefits for the, the people that are working for me or uh, around me? What are the be benefits for them to come on that same journey? Yeah. So once we... Un and once we can communicate with them what the benefits to that, them are or to, to the people working with us, we can then get them to, uh, to work towards that same goal. Yeah. But if there's no communication or, the, there is, or the, if it's just delegation of work, it's not going to work. It's not actually, yeah. you're not going to get the correct output. Yeah. And again, reverting it back to sports, it's like, you, like you said, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to juggle all of these things. But you need to have, you're from Victoria, so maybe you, like people may know AFL. You have, it's an enormous field. You don't have one person doing everything. You have the back line, the midline, you have the forwards. So each one of them has to be able to pass the ball off at the right time in order to reach your goal. And they all know the end goal is to score between the two big posts. Not the two little ones, the two big ones. Correct. Same as in rugby league. We have a halfback, we have forwards. Over in the States, they have gridiron, they have the quarterback, they have the wide receiver, they have the, the big men, up the, the blockers. It's all playing your part in the team and being aware to ask for help. Yeah, and, and, we're no, and knowing that the goal is to win the game and where you, where you fit in in that piece, piece of the puzzle uh, to help the team win the game. Mm. So, and for instance, the captain helps coordinate you and say, hey, you're not playing full forward today. You're playing forward pocket because of the, because of what the opposition, how the opposition mm. plays. So you're going to have a slightly different role, but it's going to help us get to the end goal easier. Yeah. And that's no doubt where Evolve to Grow comes into it. It's having that outside perspective of being able to see the team from a different angle. So that they, that, because you know, so many people, you can't see the gaps when you're in amongst it, or you can't see the frame if you're in the picture. And that's where you guys, no doubt, would come in and help people see the gaps. Correct. And, and often what it is, is the business owner or the, or the leader doesn't actually have a, have a clear vision of what it is that they're wanting to achieve and the journey that they want to take their team on. So yeah. if the, the leader, the business owner, doesn't have a clear enough vision in their in their mind how can they expect to communicate that to their team yeah and with that as well that comes down to like we obviously talk about having a great company culture and it's in your time with evolve to grow you would have seen lots of different companies both that had positive culture but also ones that had negative culture and i love really learning from both what patterns do you see, and especially over the last three years, because before that, 
times were vastly different. But over the past few years, what have you seen patterns that help create that positive culture, but also yeah, the ones that people really like to hide, the negative culture? So biggest one is is community. So some form of community. Uh, mm. In I'm thinking of one company in particular, they, they grew from 10 to 30, 35 staff over over the COVID period. Uh, yeah, which is, yeah, which is, but they had a very clear vision that they wanted to have an impact in a certain area. But every often people were being hired and they didn't see their team leader in person for 12 or 18 months because of COVID. Yeah. So everything was done done on Zoom or, or via Slack. So it was actually about making sure that everything's not about just about work, but being interested in the person as well. Yeah. So not the person, the worker, the person and their social life. And the person, and the makes, person. Yes. Uh, and what makes them tick? What are they interested in? So don't treat everyone else around you as a robot. Actually yeah. be interested them interested in them as a person and understand why they've chosen this role or why mm. why it is that they want to do this job in particular. So and having that come down from the leader, the in this case the business owner and the business owner being interested in each and every staff member yeah. uh, has allowed that business to grow um, for, 5x over over the last three years which is yeah. phenomenal growth um, whereas if your your team leader is is stressed and always chasing the next dollar or always um, focused on delivery deadlines there's going to be a, a culture of um, of oh, do we need to cover our ass to make sure everything's working kind of thing yeah so, yeah yeah it's amazing like it all comes from the senior leadership team or the yeah. owners and like you said, that point of where people aren't just numbers, they aren't just figures that are put up like as part of a book, you're not number one, number two, number three, number four. You're a person. You have a personality. You're Tristan. Like your your son came in earlier before we started recording and you just introduced him to me just very quickly. But that you're a dad, you're a cyclist, you're all these other things. You're not just Bundy number one and That's that as well really helps bring people together because you know i know and hopefully the majority of people are aware that you're willing to do more for people that you care about that you know like and trust correct and like often if you're enjoying what you do you'll work you'll work for less but if you don't yeah. enjoy what you do you've got to be you've got to be compensated in some other form and often that's money so yeah. uh if the work environment's fun, you're happy to work work for a tiny bit less. But if it's shitty, um, why would why would you want to rock up, kind of thing? Yeah. So and and a lot of times, what what I've found myself in, you may have seen seen it as well or not. But even when you do pay them like near enough to twice the amount, if they don't enjoy the place, they're just there doing the bare minimum to punch it out, and then moving on to the next thing where hopefully they do enjoy the culture. So changing that culture really enables you to keep good and productive staff. And it all comes back to uh, the vision and the purpose of the company. Mm. And what, uh, so 
some some businesses that's easier said than done some are some it's a lot harder to help the staff connect with the vision and the purpose but it it all comes back to what it is that the business is aiming to achieve and the impact mm. and the values of the business if the, you, the staff members values need to align with the with the business's values and yeah. if if there's a total misalignment uh there's going to be a misalignment in in culture as well yeah yeah because i've read a few of the things that you put up online a few of your blogs your website and you're talking about that alignment of you because you don't want them to be pulling against each other you don't want culture going one way a person's personal preference going the other way you talk about the importance of hiring the correct people as well it's not just a spray and pray sort of correct. approach correct so like at the end of the day, it's easy. It's often easier to to train a skill set than it is to to train values. So yeah. uh, hire hire someone whose values align with the company, and then mm. uh, even if they're one or two rungs below where you need them to, because if their values align, they're going to have that correct work ethic to upskill themselves uh, as quickly as possible. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to look at it. And you know, because like, you know, if someone, their, their own self of sense worth, their own intimate culture is really built with granite, whereas the skill sets, they're easily pliable. So do you want to work away at chipping away at granite or do you want to apply this moldy stuff to really help them elevate? Co correct. Exa exactly. So, um, yeah, focus, focus on where the business is heading and educate or mm. work out how to communicate that to your staff. Yeah, because, and one thing that, like it's come back again and again and again, is how do you really help from an outside person coming in, how do you help the C-levels or the, the top managers really come up with a vision? Because it's the vision and the why really affects everything else. So do you have a couple of little secrets um, that, that you help people to come up with that. Good, good question. So how do how am I going to answer this? So for me, it is. I I I like to fast forward and say, once you've finished in this role, or once you've finished in the business, what do you want to be known for? So or what yeah. do you want your team or business unit to be known for? Or what do you want the entire business to be known for? What sort of impact? do you want mm. to have had uh what what do you want your staff to think of you what do you want your customers to think of you what uh how what do you want to have changed mm. uh or is it just that you care about money <laughs> kind of yeah. thing yeah because i guess it's yeah leaving a legacy yeah that's it that's it what and what is that actual legacy uh that you want it doesn't have to be a life legacy doesn't have to be a great business legacy but what is the legacy that you actually want to leave from your role it, once you finish yeah. so what what do you want everyone to think of you um and i tell people to go away have a think about that just bullet mm. point it and then yeah. once once they come back we extrapolate that out further yeah because as you're saying that i was thinking you'd be able to tell someone straight away where if like you go, okay, what legacy do you want to leave? And people that are there really just for the money, they you'd see this blank blank stare. But if being able to go away and write it down and really distill it down to one or two 
strong key points would be where really those gold nuggets that you'd help them get out. Co correct. And then once we've got that, it's then about how do you extrapolate that out and communicate that with the team and how do you create a strategy to achieve mm. that? Yeah, so. and then get, get people on, because I know that you talk about getting people on the bus and also mm. getting people off the bus. Like where there, there's no offence given if you, you simply are on the wrong bus. Yeah, uh, and I'm like, there's no point being a fence sitter in life. There's, um, mm. you, there's no point uh, being a passenger because just being some okay. Some people are happy being passengers, but I f I feel you're more fulfilled if you're the driver at the front, driving your yeah. life, driving driving your business, um, or yeah. or helping the bus move forward. But being a passenger, it just means you're you're observing and and you're not uh, fulfilling your your potential kind of thing. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Um, for, for some people, but if you want to progress in life uh, and progress in business, you need to be more than that that passenger. Mm. But and going along with with that as well, like you said, it's fine. We like running businesses. We do need passengers on board, but so long as they're riding the right route, mm. do you want to go on the route thirty four A, which is going that way, or did you just hop on the bus because it was simply there, and that's, that's where it. the culture comes into it. Correct, correct. So there's no point being on, as you, as we were saying before, no point being on the incorrect bus. You've got to make sure you've got the correct people on the correct bus or say, politely say, jump off this bus. We think that bus is better suited for you. Mm. And yeah, like, like we said, no offence taken. And yeah, just there's no point being a passenger that way if they're constantly looking back crying, going, I wanted to be going in that direction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and And you mentioned before a company that, what they they times their business by three um by 300 percent what what else the last three years have been tough for a lot of people how do you help people negotiate we spoke about it a little bit before before and the hybrid um work life nowadays yeah it's it's interesting what i'm finding is that uh, so everyone's really enjoyed working from home but it gets to the point where sometimes you're actually lonely, uh, yeah. even though you were talking to people through a screen. So I'm starting to say to all of my clients, you actually need to get your staff in once or twice a week and make that yeah. one day a week, the meetings day. So the days at home are the productive days, but yeah. um, once a week you do all of your meetings kind of thing. So. Mm. So you gain that social interaction uh, and you're able to tick off things that, that have been a lot slower uh, working from home. So, mm -hmm. and we're finding with those businesses that are taking that on board, that are getting in once or twice a week and having a few meetings, that they're, they're getting even better results. Yeah, because this is great. Like being able to talk to you down in Melbourne and you and I being able to talk to people over in the States is great. But being able to meet with people face to face, like speaking to conferences, like live, is fantastic. Great second option, but it's so much more powerful when you do meet, like you said, that once or twice a week, and be able to just barnstorm ideas, like throw ideas, and then straight away someone who's not even part of that conversation may be able to chip in and see things from a different perspective. So I, I think that's a brilliant way to to get that hybrid one. Because too many people, you know, they go in and they they go, okay, we're all going to turn up physically to work on this one or two days, but they don't have a plan for it. Mm. 
and, and you just end up going in and then having Zoom meetings with people that are still at home. So <laughs> what's, yeah. what's the point of that? And I, it just gets, you just get resentment because you're driving in and then having more Zoom meetings. So, yeah, uh, yeah so you've got to actually have that strategy, that plan to, mm. to meet with people in person rather than, there's no point just 20% of the team coming in on, on a day because you're just going to be yeah. on calls again. So just yeah. bring everyone in once or twice a week and then spend the rest of the time at home. You don't have to worry about travel. Yeah, and I love it. That's a great way that I'm, I'm sure, even though now that you've said it, it's common sense. But before that, people were going, no, we'll get half of them in this day, half of them that day, one third of them in that day. And like you said, they're sitting in their office having a Zoom, which mm. they could be doing at home doing that. Yeah, and often people don't think about it until it's actually happening yeah. uh, and it, until they come in for two or three weeks and like, there's no point of this and goes back home. That's why often it fails. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could imagine that with, with anything, you need to give it a bit of time. We needed a lot of time to adjust when, when COVID first hit, we needed a lot of time when we went into lockdown. Now we need that time to really sort out what works for a company and what doesn't, what days work for everyone and where we can be the most productive. Exactly, exactly. And Tristan, I'd, I'd, I mentioned before that I do get carried away and time is starting to wrap up. <laughs> so one thing I'd love um, getting the guests to all talk about is what's three pieces of advice you give to a 15-year-old Tristan? And I say that I, I don't want it to be your son that you brought in just before because what would he say? That's just dad. What does dad know? So yeah, three pieces of advice for a 15-year-old Tristan. Don't be afraid of screwing up mm. um, because you can always, if you make a mistake, you'll learn from it and you'll progress further. So mm. take action sooner and learn from the mistakes faster and grow. And because of that, you'll grow and progress in life further. So that's probably the biggest piece of advice to give to, to, give to myself or to anyone else younger yeah. don't be afraid of making mistakes because you'll make that mistake and you'll learn and you'll move forward because mm. that that there goes right back to when you started your your business a cycling business the once you failed you went oh head in the sand yep yep mm. if i had have made if i had taken action sooner i would have learned sooner and progressed and moved for, uh, further um, another piece of advice is travel travel earlier and see yeah. different cultures earlier yeah. So uh, just just be just be an observer and learn uh, and see how other people do life. Mm. Yeah, that so. and yeah, traveling to different cultures. Like I said, I I snapped my arm. That was over in Corfu, over in Greece, and just the way that they they operate, the way that they operate over in the states in the Asian countries, completely different to how we have it here. Exactly. And it just allows us to be grateful for what we've got, but gives us ideas for how, really? how we can change the way we do what we do as well. Yeah, and bring that into the work environment. Correct. Correct. I'm struggling to think of a third one. Um, those two, there's two big ones they're, there. They're, um, they're, they're two big ones. They're, they're weighty ones. So we'll, we'll let you get away with having two there because they're, they're two brilliant ones, especially not being afraid to fail mm. because, you know, as a kid, you are scared. You're scared of what will this person think? What will that person think if I do fail? Yeah. So, and, nice. and along with that, who would be your ideal client and how can they get in contact with you? 
Uh, ideal client, good one. Uh, typically business owners. So B2B service-based business owners, uh, yeah. my ideal client, and then their senior leadership team as a secondary level. And the easiest way is to just Google my name, Tristan Wright, and evolve to grow. And you'll find me LinkedIn, Facebook, you'll find my website. So yeah. that's probably the, the simplest way to, yeah, to find me. Easiest way, yeah. And are you yeah. active on the social media, on yeah. LinkedIn, on Facebook, on all that? All, all of them. So you'll see lots of content going up on a daily basis. So LinkedIn, Facebook, um, even YouTube, there's content going up all the time. Beautiful. I love it. And Tristan, thank you very much for taking the time to spend with me and the listeners. I'm sure they got loads from it. I know I did. Thank you very much, mate. Have a good one. so much for listening to the dynamic company culture spotlight podcast if you're a successful chief operations officer human resource manager or someone that runs a successful business that also has a great company culture and you believe that you have a story to share with the wider community and would like to be a guest on a future podcast please visit the link below or if you can think of anyone who you know would be a brilliant guest on this podcast tag them in And as always, feel free to share this far and wide. The further we can get this podcast, the more impact we can have. So don't forget to share this on all social media platforms and help others along the way. Don't forget to tag the DCCS podcast as I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. As we post regularly, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss episodes that will possibly help your business ramp up to a whole nother level. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to helping us get recognized and to promote the show. And they mean a lot to my team and I. If you want to know more, go to our website, www.phenomleap.com.au, P-H-E-N-O-M-L-E-A-P.com.au, or follow me on LinkedIn, and feel free to message me there. Thank you very much for listening, and we look forward to giving you more tips on next week's episode.